You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast with Mike and Mike. Howdy, sir. Howdy. Are you ready to say your magic word? I am exhausted. My magic word is was like WrestleMania last night. So I'm 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 looking forward to the review, but damn, I'm dragging, my friend. Oh, you and me both, and today just hasn't gotten better. So it's <laughs> yeah. like it's just like a uh, day. And we didn't even go to WrestleMania. We just no. like just trying to keep up with everything is insane. It's insanity, my friend. It is insanity. But you know what? That's what happens this time of the year. And speaking of this time of the year, we got a great movie to review this week. We are looking at Shazam! So it should be a lot of fun to do that. I've been looking forward to this one from the time they announced it. And... I was just going, please don't ruin it. Please don't ruin it. Please don't ruin it. And we'll talk all about it. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we'd love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Before we go any further, I want to give a special thank you to our patrons out there. Thank you, thank you. And you can become a patron too. Just go to patreon.com slash network. And, you know, join in all the fun. You get these episodes of Earth Station 1, Earth Station Who, and the Dragon Con, Con Report, all 48 hours before the rest of the world. But we also have special programming, including the brand new ESO Network Riffs, where we just this last week talked about Game of Thrones Season 7, season finale, and it was a lot of blot. Keep going. Keep going. No, you go. No, I don't let me. Don't let me. I'm, I'm providing the background music. Okay, it was a lot of fun, and we had some great discussions. We get and you get to watch along with it, but also I did that this, all throughout the riffs. I was like, dun, 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 dun. that's all yeah, I did. So that's all he did the whole time. You got to hear it, folks. But it's only available to our patrons. So also exclusively, we have a brand new episode of the Flopcast, exclusive for our patrons. So pretty cool that's up this week also so you guys got a lot of things and you could help support the eso network for as little as 25 cents a week that's not too shabby and you know with that you know we could you know do special things for you guys at home so we win win both ways so thank you thank you for everyone out there who already has and please everyone out there who hasn't yet please help support and you know show your eso network love we'd really appreciate it Okay, let's get started with this week's Rants and Raves, where we talk about what's on our mind. And actually, Michelle from the Iconic Rock blog is joining us. Hey, Michelle. Hey. So what do we got to talk about this week? We are going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which happened a week ago Saturday. But last Monday, I was dragging so severely that I was asleep. So I wasn't here to talk about we had, it. We had traffic problems. <laughs> That also. There were, there were traffic problems. <laughs> oh, all the way around. There was traffic problems. <laughs> so that's awesome. So, yeah, we had finally got the inductees in for two, the class of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, yes. who, who, and, and unlike last year, we were not actually present for it. Yes, we were not there. I am relying on um, 
on my my spies on the ground, my fellow bloggers. Um, so can you refresh everyone who went in this year? Uh, this year's class was Stevie Nicks, Radiohead, Roxy Music, uh, The Cure, Def Leppard. Was that everybody? I think Zombies. I'm- Zombies. And I miss. Um, Def, did I say Def Leppard? You did. You did. Oh, I'm, I'm just all messed up. I'm missing somebody. Okay. Uh, Janet Jackson. Janet. Janet yes. Janet. That's Miss Jackson. If you're nasty. nasty. Yes. So. So yes. Yeah, so uh, first question, I guess, was were they all there? Uh, for the most part, uh, part of Radiohead was there. Um. And other than that, everybody was present and accounted for. Nice. Nice. That was not the case last year. No, <laughs> not the case. Um, Who performed? What happened? Let's. Uh, what like, happened? Yes. Let's see. I hear reports that Trent Reznor was happy. Oh, there's <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> People describe Trent Reznor as happy. He, um, I heard, I haven't had a chance to listen to all the speeches and all the performances yet, but Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails has been nominated, I think something like five times and they have yet to get in. So Trent Reznor has a reason to be a little, a little sour about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like, so this is what it looks like. Yeah. But he said that being there to induct the cure for years, he had thought, why is there a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they don't have the cure? But the fact that he could be there um, to induct the cure told him that this truly was important. So he was ecstatic to be there. But was Robert Smith happy, ecstatic to be there? <laughs> well, if you ask that one interview um, lady, no. And, no. And for the listeners out there, you have to find, <laughs> it's really easy to find. There's a clip of this really enthusiastic reporter uh, on the red carpet asking, pulling aside Robert Smith to ask if he's, are you excited as you are? You as excited to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as I am? And he's like, um, by the sound of it, apparently not. No. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 Robert Smith. He's got conflicting mixed emotions, but uh, it's always conflicting for him. But yes, it was so Robert Smith. Yeah, they. I did listen to their performance, and they sounded excellent. And there are a lot of the consensus is they were the best performance of the night. Uh, they played some deep cuts. They played a, a track called Shake Dog Shake, and they played The Forest. Um, just just a phenomenal set from them. So those probably won't make it. Now, uh, this ceremony that was done a, a week or so ago uh, will air on HBO, but it's going to be a very edited version, um, and it's going to air when? Uh Two weeks from Saturday, April 27th. Okay. Oh, wow. Quicker than I thought. Yeah. So um, now if history repeats itself, uh, most of the bands who played like four or five songs will only hear probably two or three from each band. So uh, the others go into, I don't know, the the vault. Was there anybody who didn't perform? Radiohead. Okay, so because uh, there, there were only two guys there, and Janet, Janet did not perform, and I've heard conflicting reasons. The first reason I heard was that it was HBO, and she didn't want to support HBO because they, uh, oh, the Michael Jackson documentary, the, yeah, the documentary. Then I heard that uh, she wanted a full production that she does with 
a thousand backup dancers and the whole nine yards. And they said they couldn't accommodate, so she wouldn't do it. And she didn't want a tribute performance if it didn't have certain people who weren't present. So, but she did, she did give an acceptance speech and she did urge the hall to induct more women. So I have not heard her speech, but, um, she was there for that. So yeah, she wasn't the only woman. So two timer, um, we can call Stevie Nicks a two timer. Yep. So would Lindsay Buckingham. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was before she got inducted. Yeah. yeah. So, so yep, Stevie was inducted by Harry Styles and, um, who she, uh, named the wrong band for when yeah. she thanked him. Yeah. Um, and she, Don Henley was on Hand to Do Leather and Lace, and um, Harry Styles uh, duetted on Stop Dragging My Heart Around with her. Uh, I was going to say, yes, poor, <clears throat> poor Tom's not, that wasn't around to, to share yeah. that. Yeah, she's, she sounded pretty good, and she gave a 12-minute speech, because if you know Stevie, she's, she's a talker. That'll be edited down. Yeah, that'll be edited down. So did uh, Brian Ferry and Roxy Music perform? They did. Oh, that must have been awesome. They, um, they started with, a, with a, In Every Dream Home a Heartache, which not too many people expected. And they also did Out of the Blue and parts of Love is the Drug, More Than This, Avalon, and uh, Editions of You. Now, for Roxy Music, Brian Eno was not there? No, he was not. Okay. So, so yeah, they had some people missing. Um, it, now- was, it was Brian Ferry, um, Manzanera, and uh, Andy Mackay. The Cure still uh, is on tour. They still perform. Yeah. Stevie, of course, still performs, although right now she's with uh, Fleetwood Mac performing mm-hmm. a weird sort of band. Yeah, Could, but they, like, they, just, they just canceled that uh, Jazz Fest because she's sick. Stevie's sick? Yes. She caught something at the hall. Oh, they were supposed to fill oh. in for the Rolling Stones. Yep, I know. And they just canceled today. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> And then, uh, okay, so um, now Roxy Music doesn't perform anymore. So this is yeah. the reunion for them, right? Uh, no, it was those three guys, and they played with uh, the band that Brian Ferry is taking on tour because he is currently on tour. Gotcha. But still, I would imagine that Brian hasn't played with those guys in a while, probably. Uh, probably. Close to 30 years, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so Radiohead didn't perform. They weren't uh, even though the couple guys were there. They didn't mm-hmm. perform. Did they? They didn't do a tribute or anything to them either. No. Okay, so um, and then uh, that just leaves the Zombies, who still tour. Yes. Right. So yes. and by all accounts, that was the weakest performance of the night. They're kind of this year's Moody Blues. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't think the Moody Blues were bad last year. <laughs> No, I thought they did actually pretty decent. <laughs> and I would, I'm surprised to hear that the, the zombies were bad because, like I said, they still tour. So it's not like they hadn't picked up instruments in years. Yeah. Um, it's just been, but, you know, I'm sure HBO will fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but I know Def Leppard also tours still, too. Right. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, that was the big, that was the, that was probably the last one of the night, right? Yes. And did they do a jam? Because when we saw the the induction ceremony last year, there was no jam. There was an all-star jam this year. Woohoo. Def Leppard, Dr. Brian May, uh, Steve Van Zant, uh, the two lead guys from the Zombies, 
and a special guest appearance by Ian Hunter, all 79 and three quarter years. Holy cow. Uh, All the young dudes. And Mott the Hoople, the 74 lineup, is touring right now. And there is a lot of early buzz that uh, Mott could get in next year. So that would be something to watch for. So a preview of maybe what's to come next year. Yep. And Mr. Hunter is quite spry. Okay. <laughs> cool. Anything awesome. else we need to know about the uh, ceremonies then from la- from like last week? Uh, let's see. Well, I could tell you the the singles. Everybody is still confused about this Hall of Fame singles category. The museum kind of pretends it doesn't even exist. Basically, I think it's uh, Steve Van Zandt's little personal stick that they let him do. Um, they his list this year was the um the chantals maybe the champs tequila barrett strong money uh the isley brothers twist and shout the shangalas leader of the pack and the shadows of night version of gloria and this kind of throws a wrench in it because everybody's been like oh well the singles are the consolation prize for bands that are never going to get in but the isley brothers are already in Ooh. So yeah, nobody Ooh. knows what's going on. I think it's just Stevie putting in sixty songs that he likes. This is my playlist. Yeah, this is my playlist. Stevie's you know. sharing his playlist He's, to the world. The world. Yes, I think that's it. Well, by all accounts, was it a successful evening? Yes. Awesome. What I, from what I understand, worth tuning in for if you have HBO. I think so. I will be. Wow. Okay. I'll be there. That sounds great. Uh, so yeah, that'll be uh, yeah. Well, uh, that's going to be and that's going to be on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, April 27th. Okay, so uh, it's the night before uh, the second episode of Game of Thrones, right? Yes, that's how we judge Sundays from here on in. Yeah, HBO is, is Game of Thrones and then everything else is bonus. Well, very cool. Thanks for the report. And uh, something's happening this weekend? Record Store days this weekend. It's that time of year again. Um, I will not be linking to it on the blog or anything. Best thing to do is just go to recordstoreday.com and check out the list, see what you want to buy, and go hit your local independent record store. Excellent. Cool. I shall try to do that. There's some, looks like there's some interesting vinyl being released. Yep, there's some Queen goodies in there. Some Queen and, yeah, some even some Doctor Who stuff, Mike. Yep. I know. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'm actually putting off a trip to go to record store day. So it's pretty awesome. Wow. So, yeah, so it'll be awesome. So everyone get out of my way so I can still go on this trip. (laughs) Would this be a good time to uh, plug the next artist we'll be talking about? Sure. On the podcast. Yeah, let's go for it. I, I think it's first week of June. We'll be talking about Elton John. I'm talking about the movie Rocket Man as well. Yep. That's the plan. Looking forward to that. Yep. It's a twofer episode, you know, so we'll be splitting that episode in half where half of it will be talking uh, about the history of Elton John and we'll have Ricky and Bambi joining us for that. And then for the second part, we'll be doing a movie review with our usual movie folks. So it should be a lot of fun. Thank you for bringing up Michelle. Sure thing. And, you know, I could also give you a preview after that. We're going to be doing, I know in August, we're going to be doing the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. 
So wow, lots to unpack there. Oh God, yeah, especially <laughs> especially since I have stories of that. So he was there. Shh. <laughs> yes, I was there. It was a whole whopping two years old, but I was there, <laughs> and I remember it so well. Yes. <laughs> My mom said I cried the whole time, you know. <laughs> so that's when they started just blowing pot smoke in my face or something like that. But that's that's a whole other story for more time. Explains so much. So let's take a break and we will be back in a moment and we'll be back with the Geek Seat. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television. I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on the Geekly Oddcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we're here with new friend Randy Lee. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to the station. Uh, for those people who may not be familiar with you and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm the co-founder of a uh, cause that's kind of growing worldwide called Pops for Patients. And what we do is we, uh, we collect Funko Pops and we donate them to children's hospitals around the world. We have teams stationed in different states and even, you know, some in Canada. We're kind of growing and expanding. It's been two and a half years since we started and we've uh, donated over 14,000 pops already in the past two and a half years. It's it's a great cause. And I and I have Thank to you. pause just for a second because um, uh, um, my uh, mic here does does is is known for being a uh i wouldn't call him a funko hoarder but um <laughs> he might have a problem so um the idea of actually buying pops and then immediately giving them away might seem a little alien to him oh okay <laughs> well i mean you know the funny thing about it is it's like it, it actually started because me and my friend and co-founder Kristen, we we had so many at one point and we were kind of thinking <laughs> about dwindling our collections down and you know, her son Braxton, he goes to the hospital a lot, a lot more than my daughter does, like more often. And she was taking him up there to, you know, do some kind of uh, heart procedure, like to check on his heart. And, um, you know, we were like, okay, well, let's just see if the hospital will accept these. And, you know, we, we gathered up, I don't know how many, maybe 40 or 50 in the first batch between the two of us. And uh, that's kind of where it started. Wow. So, so you started with uh, combined like about 40 or 50 from your own personal collection yeah. and donated them directly to a children's hospital? Yeah, it was uh, Vanderbilt in Nashville. Yeah. Very nice. She, Very she nice. takes her son Braxton up there. He has um, congenital heart defect, CHD. So she's taken him up there quite a bit just to check on him. And he's actually had five open heart surgeries. He's only six years old or seven years old. He touched out a birthday. I can't remember which one it is, but he's very, very young. So he's been through a lot. 
Wow. Yeah, right. I can imagine. So tell us about like why pops, why, why these figures in particular, is there something about them? Um, in- like Gordon, why not pops? Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, that's really the answer right there. Why not pops? I mean, pops are so like people friendly. They're not just child friendly or adult friendly. They're people friendly. They've got a great price. They have almost every character, you know, you can imagine from every single walk of life, every single, you know, whether it's a, you know, cartoon character, a video game character, you know, everything comes under one umbrella with pops. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, me and her, we both have severely handicapped special needs children. Um, I'm a stay at home dad. I haven't worked since 2010. I had to stop working to take care of my daughter. And, um, you know, between the two of us, we're just kind of like, we're both collectors. You know, she was the store manager at Hot Topic here in Knoxville. And uh, we've made a friendship, you know, based on our kids. And it's just slowly, you know, transitioned into that. Like, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't remember exactly the moment when it happened, but it just did. And, it, and you know, after a couple of times of donating, the hospital's like, hey, you guys should name yourselves. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where we got the name Pops for Patients. Originally, it was going to be, Pops for Tots, but they thought it would be a little bit too much like Toys for Tots, so we kind of had to transition over to what is now known as Pops for Patients. Uh, and it started uh, officially started um, according to the website in August of 2016. So that's about what, yeah, that's years. when we went public. I mean, we we had been doing it for oh, okay. maybe six months prior by ourselves, but I mean, when it became an entity, it was August 2016. Yeah, and and and. Tell us about you know uh, the other side of it, giving giving the pops figures to to the, the children. <clears throat> well, it actually took quite a bit of time to build up the trust and rapport with the hospital to be allowed to go in and hand them out. And even with all the other teams I have out there, most of them, I would say ninety percent of them, they have it. They still haven't been able to get in and do that because there's so many laws in play, like HIPAA laws, and you know it's just not comfortable for parents to have people come in and take pictures and interact with their kids unless you're like a celebrity. But luckily <clears throat> all of our hard work here in Knoxville, you know, paid off over time and we started, you know, they started letting us in to hand stuff out. So, I mean, you know, of course it's exactly what you expect. It's both satisfying, rewarding and incredibly sad. Um, but the thing about it is, you know, with me and Kristen particularly, um, we spent a lot of time inside the hospital ourselves with our own kids, so it wasn't really that intimidating for us. Whereas, you know, whenever I bring other people with me, I kind of step back and let them enjoy it and soak it in because I've already been there. Like, it's not, you know, it's not something I not necessarily uh, get to bumble or not bumble, but like butterflies in my stomach. I don't really get that anymore, you know, going into these situations because I've been there myself. Well, you mentioned um, celebrities. It looks like you've got a lot of celebrities on board with the cause. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, and that must have helped open a lot of doors as well. Well, it did. And, uh, you know, people roll their eyes when I say this because I say it a lot, but it, it is it is what it is. Uh, one of my closest friends in life is uh, WWE star Smojo. We've been friends for almost 12 years. Uh, we're, you know, we play on Xbox all the time together. And he's been very encouraging and supportive. And he's one of the people behind the scenes that, you know, I can't give him enough credit because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, red tape and stuff where he can't really do too much because of WWE and stuff. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, he's been very encouraging and supportive. And, you know, there was a time where I kind of felt like, 
you know, my life was set, you know, it's going to be a hermit. I was just going to be happy with it. And uh, I always argued with them and told them, you know, I'm never going to do anything again. And once this started rolling, you know, even just a few weeks ago, you know, we're, we're playing on Xbox and he just starts laughing. He's like, you know, it's funny. You know, there's one time when I used to argue about how I would never, you know, get out there again and do anything. And now it's like become my life again. Like now I have a, a reason to, you know, get up every day besides my daughter. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, we, we've got a lot of support from celebrities when we go to comic cons, um, a lot of an- like voiceover actors support us. Um, if you look at our YouTube channel, which is uh, at pops for patients on YouTube, we have like a whole entire uh, playlist of all the celebrity endorsements we got in the first year and a half, two years. We've kind of dialed back on getting the videos because we've grown enough where we don't really, you know, need to ask for that kind of help. Like we actually start asking for like signed stuff that we could do it like in a silent auction now. So we've kind of transitioned and gotten to the point where we don't have to, you know, rely on getting word of mouth out by them anymore. Early on, that's what it was all about. And it's, you know, like I said, transitioning the bigger picture stuff now. So uh, for those folks who are not celebrities, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. are most people, how, how can we help? How can we participate? How can we get involved with Pops for Patients? Well, okay. So on our website, which is popsforpatients.org, um, we have a shipping address where they come directly to me. And I make regular visits to the Children's Hospital here in Knoxville called East Tennessee Children's Hospital. And what's cool about them is because a lot of people, they always, they always wonder, like, why would we send you thousands of stuff to give to the same hospital? Well, <clears throat> to, to answer that shortly, like, they're part of something called a miracle network where they actually spread the wealth down in the southeast. So, if, you know, no matter how many we get, they're going to be dispersed and given and not to the same families and same kids over and over. It's going to be spread out. So, like, that's one of the reasons why. You know, I, I always tell people it's okay to send them to us without, you know, worry about having too much here. Um, also, you know, if there's anybody out there in like another state or another city, um, reach out to me because I'm the only one that runs any of it. Like I run the website, all the social media. I'm the only one you'll talk to. Um, <clears throat> we have a lot of people stationed in different, you know, areas of the country at this point. Um, they've been putting in a lot of work. We've got teams in like New York. Colorado, San Diego, Indiana. We've, I mean, I, there's just so many. You can see it on our Facebook page. Um, and if there isn't one and you're someone that would like to be a part of it, then we can talk. So just reach out to me and we'll talk about it. And, you know, I'll let you know what it takes to, you know, become a hub for us. And we'll go from there because this is a cause. It's not a charity. So we have no money going in and out of it. Just like the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, you know, you can take it and make it what's best for the, you know, to get results. So if you believe in what we do and you want to do it yourself, just talk to me and we'll try to figure out how to get you involved, even if you're not here. And if you don't want to send stuff to me directly. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I could see on the website that, uh, yeah, you've got, you've got coverage in a lot of places, but there's a lot of places that could, uh, could use more coverage. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Well, awesome. Well, um, now it's time, you know, to 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 put you through a little bit of a ringer. Um, so, uh, Mike, I think I think he's ready. Uh, let, yeah. We'll have to go a little gentle on him, though. I think. You think so? Maybe you know he is going for a good cause and everything, and he does like pops. So maybe, but no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> my answer, my answers are going to be way different than most guest answers. I can guarantee you that. I actually went back and 
listened to a couple before this and I was just like, yeah, my answers are going to be different. I'm not as much a geek as I would like to hope I am. I'm more of a nerd and I know there's a yeah. difference between nerd and geek. Well, the thing, the so, thing uh, is, it's like we yeah. tell, it's not really geek. It's what you're passionate about. And, right, right. You know, it could be about art. It could be about sports. It could be about you know yes. anything it could be about it could be about exactly pops. Be about pops. yeah exactly. you know you should have heard all my answers well it was the time when was great. so all right randy your first question in the geek seat what was your favorite geek out moment all right so there's been a lot there's been a lot especially during the pops for patients run um i think my i think the one that really got me excited you know because the term geek out is used here um, so I was at a car show called the spark show and we were doing a donation collection there. And <clears throat> there's a show down the road called Bubba fest. It was their first year. It was in Sevierville. And, um, one of my friends and celebrity ambassadors, Josh TKO Turner from the walking dead. Um, he was actually there and he, you know, he calls me, he goes, Hey, uh, Brett, the Hitman heart really likes, you know, pops your patients and would really like to talk to you and meet you. So, it, you know, of course, naturally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's one of my childhood heroes. Of course, I want to go meet him and talk to him. And what's even cooler about it is, um, you know, I talked to the Spark Show guys. I said, hey, can I duck out a couple minutes early because I want to get there before he left. And I get there and, you know, he's like, hey, Randy, like he was excited to see me and meet me, which, like I said, it was going to be the opposite would have been the norm there. Um, so we talked about pops for patients and he loved it. You know, he said, it's awesome. And he actually signed a Bret Hart Funko pop to put in my daughter's room with, cause we keep all the wrestling stuff in her room. Cause she watches it with me sometimes and she's, she really reacts to it very well. So she, or he, uh, signed it for her and put a little heart on it. And, uh, that was my big geek out moment that I can really remember, uh, recently. That's awesome. That is really, really cool, actually. And I love hearing yeah. stories about people that are known who, you know, you find out that they're actually really human. Right. Well, you know, everybody says don't meet your heroes. Um, Bret Hart was my hero. I met him, and it couldn't have been a better experience for me. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for it. And I thank Josh TKO for, you know, getting the ball rolling on it for me because when I got there, it was all I had to do was hit that home run, and I did. And, uh, yeah, that was my biggest geek out moment I can think of as an adult. That is awesome though, man. That is really yeah. awesome. What was your most disappointing geek out moment? Um, I had to really think on this one because I haven't really had too many that I've been disappointed with. And this one is, this is the best answer I can give you. I don't even know if it's considered disappointing or not. Um, when I was a young adult, um, there was a show here in Knoxville called AdventureCon. And one of the guests was WWE star Matt Hardy, who had just been fired by WWE for the whole Edge and Lita Matt Hardy thing. So he was literally like fired maybe a week before the show. <clears throat> so uh, a friend of mine, you know, invited me to come along with him and help set up his table and stuff. So we got there early before the show started. And I see Matt Hardy over there, you know, just chilling. So I go over and start talking to him. You know, just saying hi to him, you know, talking to him about what happened and all that. He was very, very uh, talkative. And then my friend comes over and he starts, you know, making jokes as friends do. And he informs Matt that <clears throat> on the way to the show, I was on the phone with the WWE shop 
uh, because they had messed up one of my orders multiple times and I had saved their phone number in my phone. And Matt Hardy was just kind of like, no way, no way. So, you know, we showed him and right when we did his, uh, the person who was set up next to him, Robert England, who's Freddy Krueger comes over and they both start laughing at me for having WWE shop zones phone number in my phone. <laughs> so <clears throat> whether I see like, it's, it's kind of a weird like situation because it's not n- technically disappointing, but it was just kind of like in my head, I was just like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I, just you guys. Like, I just want to defend myself. But at the same time, I was kind of new to the scene and I was a little bit more nervous early on before I got the, you know, butterflies out of my system. So I was just kind of just sitting there taking the laughter by these two people I admired a lot. And uh, I didn't get to defend myself because uh, the showrunner came over and we just had to disperse. But that was probably my most disappointing moment because I was excited about meeting both of them. And little did I know that they were both going to laugh at me <laughs> in my one ex- one time experience with them. I'm, la- I'm laughing inside. Don't worry. Don't trust me. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Well, it's, it's funny because uh, fast forward, you know, I don't know, 15 years later, and I'm backstage at Raw with Joe in November 2017, and Matt Hardy comes over, and uh, he's looking for a bottle of water. And I legit almost thought about just saying, no, nah, you laughed at me 15 years ago. But I didn't. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> I wanted to, but I didn't. No water, <laughs> no for, water you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll just take you to the lake and put you with the lawnmower or something like that. <laughs> exactly. I was afraid of that. I didn't want to be turned into, like, Randy Wyatt or something. <laughs> what geeks you out the most? Elite, elite. What geeks me out the most? Okay, this was another. See, all these questions are hard to answer, by the way, for me. Um, what geeks me out the most at this point in my life is gaining the support of celebrities at shows, especially the people I grew up a fan of. Like, gaining their support for Pops or Patients geeks me out. Also, you know, regular people, not just celebrities. That's just a starting point. But, like, anytime anybody's interested in what I've created or co-created with my friend, um, it really makes me happy inside. It makes me proud. It makes me feel like they believe in something that is we're really passionate about. So that's what geeks me out the most. I don't know. That might not be the fun answer, but that's how I feel. So nope, that's good. There's no wrong. There's answer. never a wrong answer. And you know, and well, if you, I know, if but you it's do, not like entertaining. It's not like oh, Game of Thrones geeks me out. You know, like I don't have those kind of answers. <laughs> huh. You know, so, yeah. and, and and you know, just know that we're all silently judging you. It's, oh, that's fine, because the next question you're going to ask me is is going to be the opposite answer of what I just gave you, so go ahead. All right, what turns your geek off? <clears throat> what turns my geek off right now in my life is when people I meet at cons don't seem to care about what I'm doing. They don't seem to want to help the sick kids. They just they just really don't care. I that can't stand people like really, that. Yeah, that really turns my geek off, and uh, I didn't really know how else to answer that, but it just seemed like it was the opposite of what I said, and that's really where I'm at in, in life right now. So no, totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> totally understand that. That's fair. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? Have you guys ever seen the show Scrubs? Of course. Okay. Have you watched it thoroughly? Like, do you remember most of the, like, you know, side characters and stuff like that? To a point. I have not. Okay. Well, the fictional character I would like to meet <clears throat> was actually played by Mandy Moore. She came in the series very briefly as one of JD's girlfriends. And the whole thing about her was she would never laugh at anything that he said or did. She would always say, that's so funny instead. So she would never laugh. All she would say is, that's so funny. That's so funny. The reason I want to meet her is because I believe I have what it takes to make her actually laugh and not say, that's so funny. 
Ooh. Man likes a challenge. Yeah. So that, that that's that's how I look at it. Like, you know, I don't really want to meet a cartoon character or Game of Thrones or, you know, I don't want to meet a heart, you know. I want to meet her because it's a challenge to make her laugh. I, you know, my goal is to make everybody in this world laugh that I interact with. So look at look at Robert Englund and Matt Hardy. I didn't even have to do anything and they laughed at me. So Yeah, just, you know, try to when you're trying to meet people, hey, I got the WWE storage phone number in my phone. <laughs> you know what? I actually still have it in my phone to this day. So. I wasn't exaggerating there. <laughs> so there you go. What fictional character would you not like to meet? Um, I think a lot of people that know me are going to laugh at this, but, uh, and I don't actually hate this character, but I think I'd be annoyed. Uh, Andy Bernard from the office. Really? You know, I don't think, yeah, I don't think being around someone that says, Rit, dit, dit, do, 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 would really, <laughs> it would just, it would just aggravate and frustrate me. And I'd probably want to hit him. Mm-hmm. And if he started calling so, me big tuna all the time, I'd have to punch him. <laughs> Well, I am big and I do like tuna, so I wouldn't be offended by that. But the rit dit do do, that needs to go away because that just makes me feel <laughs> that makes me feel really awkward just hearing. It makes me cringe. Like any time it happened on the show, I would just cringe. Like I couldn't even help it. No, I could understand that. I totally yeah. could understand that. What is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? <clears throat> okay, so I have three answers for this. Uh, one of them actually ties back to Andy Bernard, who I just mentioned. Um, so lately. Me and uh, me and my friends have been doing something called throwing shade. It's just something fun we're doing. It ain't nothing mean or hateful. Um, we're going around and we're finding random situations and we're recording ourselves throwing our hand out in front of the camera and saying throwing shade is something. So, for example, <clears throat> there's a spider that just wouldn't leave my back room and it was just constantly walking above me. So I just, you know, started filming him and I started swatting my hand in front of the camera, throwing shade at him and he finally went away. So throwing shade is something that me and my friends have been doing lately. Um, every time I take a picture for Pops for Patients, I like to throw out the peace sign because I want people to know that we're a peaceful group. We just want to have fun and laugh. And <clears throat> so in, like in response to Andy Bernard's writ dit to do, I've been trying this past few weeks to bring back Yabba Dabba Do to combat it. Because I think people should forget about Rit Did to Do and bring back a classic, which is Yabba Dabba Do. So there's your answer. <laughs> and how thorough was that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It took me a while to think of all these answers, but I spent probably four hours working on this. You don't even realize this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm amazed. What is your ideal geek occupation? Um. That was something okay, that's another one I it really couldn't figure out because a lot of people I asked a lot of people what they thought because you know they, they hear me talk and they hear the stuff I say and they kind of tied it back. Uh TKO, Josh, TKO, he pointed out that one of the things I seem very passionate about when I talk in groups is being a writer for whether it be a TV show I like, WWE. I'm always talking about things I would do differently or better in my own in my own mind and opinion. Um you know, for example, WrestleMania last night, I would have done, you know, I would have done something different with the whole Kurt Angle, John Cena, Elias, you know, I would have done, I would have done it all over and everybody would have went home happy because I think they really dropped the ball on a few of those things there. So, uh, you know, I guess being a writer would probably be something I'd consider a good geek occupation for one of my passions, like WWE. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> what geek occupation would you not like to do, though? 
Um, probably hosting a podcast like this. I'm just <laughs> wow, saying. you're not the you're not the first person to say <laughs> throwing that. Shade. <laughs> throwing shade, throwing shade. Where's that hang up uh, no, button? Actually, Where is that hang up button? <laughs> Believe me, that wasn't uh, my answer when I first did the test uh, nine years ago. But it probably would be my answer now. No, I'm joking. I mean, uh, me and a friend of mine, we, we've I've, I've been a part of podcasts a lot over the past fifteen years. So I mean. I love it. I think it's fun. Uh, I think what you guys are doing is good. You guys have a really good, clear speaking voice. And, you know, you guys have been on the ball with these questions. So uh, my actual answer is <clears throat> being a runner at shows for celebrities. Like I would never, I don't think I would get any joy out of, you know, being stuck, you know, with the celebrity all day. Even if it's someone I really liked, I don't think I'd take a lot of, you know, I wouldn't have a lot of joy, like having to run out, get them lunch and, you know, pick up their trash. And, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It just seems like a, something I'm not made for. Like I want to be their equal and not their, uh, you know, inferior. So that's probably my answer and no offense to anybody that does it. Cause you know, you got to start somewhere, but where I'm at right now, that's something I wouldn't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. That's yeah. a good answer. Yep. Great answer. <laughs> what is your ultimate geek fantasy? Remember this is for all the marbles now. Okay. Well, uh, the truth is my ultimate geek fantasy would be to see the entire geek community spend as much time helping others as they do standing in line to meet celebrities and making their cosplay costumes. That's, that's the honest truth. Like, and that's not, like I said, that's not a slight. I'm not trying to be passive aggressive. I just think that if people put as much passion towards helping other people as they do into their passions, like make it one of their side passions, I think this world would be a lot better place. Like, the fact that you guys are interviewing me about doing something good. Like I don't take a lot of pride in that because I think everybody should be doing something good. We should be talking to everybody about what they're doing. That's good. So, you know, that's my, that's my long, boring, honest, truthful answer. But my fun answer would be, I would like to be a guest on an episode of the impractical jokers, because I think they're the funniest guys on TV and I'd have a lot of time or have a lot of fun trying to engage with whatever shenanigans they pull off each, each week. So those are my two answers. You got the the harsh truth one and you got the fun one. So there you go. Well, you know, you don't pull punches there. I like that, sir. No, no, no. I've, that's, that's who I am, man. I, I don't, I don't hold back on who I am. And so far I've been lucky enough not to anger any people that matter. So <laughs> it worked out pretty good so far. There you go. Well, Randy, got some good news for you, my friend. You've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $68.04. Oh, thank you. That sounds awesome. Yeah, well, you know, it's station money. I appreciate that. I didn't expect that at all. You can get some (laughs) pop figures with that. We we oh. might uh, yeah that might be but uh, look um uh but definitely before we go it's, uh, any events that you're going to be at that we need to help promote <laughs> and of course the website okay so yeah the website is uh, popsurpatients.org and um, we have uh, popsurpatients is on all social media Instagram Facebook Twitter it's at popsurpatients across the board and YouTube and um, the next show that we'll be doing or that I'll be a part of is going to be actually next weekend near the same place where we just met at Matrothamcon. It's going to be uh, called FarleyCon. And it's going to be also in East Ridge, Tennessee. And uh, you can go to FarleyCon.com 
and see you know the list of guests they're going to have wwe legend marty Jannetty will be there um our celebrity ambassadors for pops for patients uh josh and kaylee from the walking dead and stranger things will be there with us and uh, we're, there's going to be two different auctions going on there's going to be a silent one which it's going to be to benefit us and there's going to be a not so silent one where josh tko is going to be shouting at people to try to help waiting to hear which is a really awesome charity that helps kids you know gain hearing aids and stuff so we will be in uh, FarleyCon next weekend and everything else after that uh, will be on our Facebook page uh, throughout the year. So just check us out, you know, on there and keep up with us that way. Very cool. Well, keep up the good work. We, uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, again, we'll have a link to uh, all that stuff in our show notes so people can go check it out and cool. uh, definitely seek them out. And uh, when you go to a convention that you know they're going to be at, bring some pop figures. Please. Um, and uh and donate so because uh yeah and, uh, it doesn't seem like anything that's going to go away anytime soon so they're going to be needing pop figures uh for a long time yeah so well, very cool well thanks so much for joining us sir uh, no problem and uh last thing i want to add is our goal is to reach twenty thousand pops by 2020 so the goal is hashtag 20k by 2020 we're sitting at fourteen thousand five hundred right now so we've got, I don't know how many months left in the year. So please help us reach that goal. Awesome. Awesome. We'll do what we can, sir. Thank you. That is awesome. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment with our review of Shazam! ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. Daily Bats, I choose you as champion. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say it, okay? Say my name. Right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. This is proof of authenticity. Super strength. Electricity manipulation. Hyperspeed. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Sparkle fingers. No, it's not. It's not my. That's not my name. Chosen one. Oh, you're like a bad guy, right? You literally did the opposite of what a superhero is supposed to do. You're him. You're the hero. 
You're welcome for not getting robbed. I'm Batman. Get him back in. How old are you? Basically 15. Electrocuted a bus and almost killed these people. And then I caught it! You leave tall buildings in a single bound. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it is time for our movie segment, and we are finally looking at Shazam! Yes, we are. The long-awaited, very long-awaited in some cases. We'll find out more about that in a little bit. But um, uh, the movie that, um, yeah, some of us never thought we'd see um, uh, hit the big screen this past weekend. And we've got a great crew to talk about it. Of course, Ashley Pauls is joining us once again. Hello. It's exciting to be talking movies two weeks in a row here. I know, right? This is a new movie. This is not a 30-year-old movie. This is a brand new one. So. <laughs> So it's good. No Weird Al in this movie. I'll I'll tell you what, the Weird Al one is getting like it's hot. Like it's getting a lot of response from people. I I'm shocked actually how 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 popular that one has become. That's awesome. So um so yeah, but uh, uh, we've also got uh, live from Chicken Town. Kevin Elders is here. Hello, everyone. I can't believe you did a Weird Al show without me, but uh, glad that you're making it up for me (laughs) by uh, having me here to talk Shazam. Yes. Well, two weeks in a row from Chicken Town would have been a little bit stressful, I know. So that would have been uh, inappropriate so for all involved. I agree. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we are glad to have you here for uh, Shazam. Great to be here. And back. Uh, we absolutely. And we also have with us uh, returning a uh, friend of the station, uh, Dav Snipes is back. Oh my God! I'm a friend of the station. Thank you all so much for having me back. Absolutely. It is a uh, <laughs> really fun to be here and talk about one of my top five favorite superheroes of time. Well, let, let's start with that. Let's let's start with your um, everybody's experience going into this movie with Shazam, aka Captain Marvel. Um, uh, you know, a long time, a lo- very old uh, superhero uh, back in the day. Uh, so a lot of history with this character. Uh, what is what is yours, Dave? Well, I was always fascinated with Shazam, first and foremost, through the artwork. I just thought those classic, just like uh, uh, Alex Ross uh, photo, like images of him are just so gorgeous and it's, and it's fantastical elements of it. And it really makes him, it really uh, it exemplifies the godlike qualities of him. And so uh, that fascinated me with finding out more about who this character was. So I started reading the comics and probably my favorite Shazam comic is the power of hope uh, because it's one of those comics that is one just beautifully written uh, and just, and just how it's illustrated as well. And it's just, and it really just kind of taps into just the wonder of what it means to be a boy in the body of a God and just kind of just the dynamics of playing with that idea. And of course now then the new 52, introduced uh, uh, kind of the modernized take on the character, which I personally think is fantastic. So I've always kind of just been fascinated by just the idea. And I think his powers are incredible. So, and, uh, and people tend to laugh at the costume. I've always thought the costume was kind of fantastic. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, it's funny. I, I always forget. I was like, Oh yeah. The Alex Ross stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, especially the, the, the Paul Dini written oversized book. That's the one you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yes. 100% um, that, correct. That yes. Is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I think that was, was that prior to Alex Ross when, in, in the work in kingdom come? Cause that's a very, that's a very different so, Captain, yeah. Captain mm-hmm. Marvel that we get there. Uh, and she's mm-hmm. But uh, um, Ashley, what is your experience with Shazam? Well, this part always kind of feels like my moment of shame because I haven't, I'm at a point where I haven't really <laughs> no, gotten no, no, the no. comics yet. So <laughs> um, that is on one of my geek bucket lists is to read more of the comics since I love these superheroes. It's still on the to-do list and I definitely want to get to it someday. But um, so it's always interesting kind of coming cold into these properties. Like sometimes the first time I'm meeting these heroes is literally in the trailer. So it's kind mm. of cool just to come in with a brand new perspective and just come into it with a clean slate. And um, the interesting thing about Shazam is that I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but the trailer didn't really draw me in at first. Um, I was kind of like, what's going on with this? Um, it it didn't really attract me to the concept. So I'm, I'm definitely glad that we did this podcast because otherwise I might not have gone to see it, but I absolutely loved it. So I'm really excited to learn more about the comics background and to dive more into this movie. Well, and, and appreciate that too. And, and look, your, your uh, perspective is always appreciated here. Don't worry. And there's no shame involved. Oh, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah. So um, we, we might, we might give you a hard time for your, let's say, lack of experience. Yeah, that's uh, fair, yeah. <laughs> I brought but, that uh, myself. But, it, but it's all out of love. And, uh, and no, I uh, actually, I was very intrigued because I didn't know, like, if you knew anything about about Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. the big cheese, uh, before going in to see this movie. I, I did not. This is probably, like, even ones like Captain America and Thor, I'd kind of heard about them. But this, I didn't know, like, who the heck is Shazam? Well, now I know, and I'm glad I do. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Kevin, I know that uh, this is the flip side of the yeah, Ashley point of view. Ashley and I are exact opposites on our, our history with Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you said, I mean, it, it, everyone's opinion going out of this movie is equally valid, whether you're a lifelong Shazam fan or if this is your introduction to the character, that's fine too. Uh, for me, I go back as far with Shazam as I go back with comic books. And that's literally my very first comic book was Shazam number 11 from 1974. Um, I'm not sure if I got the comic first or if I saw that the TV series was starting right around that same time. But, you know, I love that Saturday morning filmation TV series as well. Still do. And all the comics through the years. So, yeah, I've been reading and watching as much Shazam Captain Marvel as I could all these years, you know, even dipping back to the old serial from the forties and uh, yeah, the Alex Russ stuff, uh, as Dev mentioned, uh, the, the world's finest stuff, the, the Don Newton art. Uh, there's been so many great, great Shazam products over the years. So yeah, I was excited to see this and uh, looking forward to breaking it all down today. Very, I'm, I'm very similar to you in the fact that I, I don't remember too much of a time period before there was Shazam. Like it just seemed like he was always there along with a lot of the other, you know, certainly DC heroes that I grew up with. Um, yeah, and, and I there was a I, gap I, for, 
for people that are older than us, there was a like a twenty year gap where there was no Shazam version of Captain Marvel. Right. But it was the you know, DC brought the character back in seventy three, where I was so young that to me there's always been a DC version of Shazam. Although when Dav mentioned the artwork, I, I, I was taken aback a little bit when he when he said Alex Ross, just because uh, the thing that differentiated me, like to Shazam to me as a kid, was that the artwork was very different than your normal DC um, hmm. uh, comic because it was more cartoony. Yeah, they, um, they brought back the original guy, C.C. Beck. Yeah. Came back and drew yeah. those yeah. early stories for DC in the 70s. Like yep. he legit looked like a kid that was in a man's body. Like, hmm. like the face just had this like, really kid-like innocence to it. Um, yeah. Like almost like it was a very unique style that mm. the, uh, the, f- it was faucet, right? That, yes. Uh, yes. That, um, so uh, it had a, a yeah, very un- unique style that I, that made him different. Um, uh, whether it was himself, uh, the rest of the Captain Marvel family, the Marvel family or his, his villains were all uh, very unique as well. So, um, they were very much um, a lot more cartoony than a lot of the other things I was reading. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I do not mm-hmm. use cartoony as a, as a insulting term. Um, it just was different and I, and it was attractive to me. Uh, I have a, a few of those early uh, issues. It's funny because none of them have covers. <laughs> they all just have uh, no, like, Mikey, so I have Mikey, Mikey. Yeah, I know. I, well, you know, most of my comic reading, I got through like yard sales and stuff like that. So, um, I just mm. like, I just grabbed whatever I could at the time. So, so what, Mike, what about you? Like you're, you're along with us, right? You're, you're an old oh. school Captain Marvel fan. I just met him for this movie. Yeah, the right, first right. Time I... <laughs> I'm with Ash. No, just kidding. <laughs> I got to see the CC Beck guy. I heard he's pretty darn awesome. Now, uh, Captain Marvel and I go way back. Um, probably pre DC taking them over. Um, my grandfather was, you know, into a lot of the golden age heroes and, for me, for me, he was always talking about Shazam and Captain Marvel, you know, and how Captain Marvel could wipe Superman out with like a, you know, in a beat. And, you know, so it was always, you know, for me, it was always Captain Marvel versus Shazam. And imagine my surprise the first time I looked up trying to see what Captain Marvel was. I was like four or five years old and seeing this guy in a blue and red uniform fighting with the crease and scroll wars, you know, and it's like, that's not Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel has lightning across his chest and, you know, things like that. And then when DC took him over, it was awesome. And I liked that he was not part of the DC universe, that it wasn't a true, there wasn't really a crossover at first. Right. Even though DC was publishing the book, it seemed, it was very different. Yep, exactly. He had his own universe. It was they called it, it the Fox. Until, was after Crisis that he nope, kind of merged nope, in. Nope, nope, nope. Before nope. that, uh, well, the first time they actually really had a true crossover was in Justice League, and it was one of the. Remember how when Justice League used to have the Justice Society crossovers? Yep. Yep. They used to then start having, you know, they, oh, had, they had a crossover with the, like the faucet. Yes, verse, right. Exactly. They had yeah. the faucet. Yeah. Verse. There was also and, there was also All Star Squadron. They did some some crossover with the, the Marvel exactly. family. Exactly. The, they had the faucet first there. Yeah. The DC Comics presents Superman's team up series uh, had a couple of stories with Captain Shazam, Marvel also. Shazam. 
And but yet, like Mike was saying, though, they did have the true them merging into the same planet when you know after crisis when crisis happened, yeah, right, yeah. and that's when they started integrating, um, integrating him in with the Justice League and the whole thing, and then they did a wonderful version of him with Jerry Ordway. Yeah, the the Power yeah. of Shazam series, right? Yeah, it was that's, beautiful. That's, that's what right. I kind of remember after post post-crisis was the power of shazam series which kind of mm-hmm. like said this is this is the guy like mm-hmm. exactly and they changed his origin a bit and you know they introduced his parents and that his parents were killed by theo adam oh and who, right and who was later possessed by the soul of of black adam and became black adam in the mm-hmm. in that's in that run but and then they reinvented him again for the new fifty two, and that's what this movie was mostly taken from. And the new fifty two, yes, yes. And I did not like the new fifty two version of Captain Marvel at all. I'll be the first one out there to say it. I was okay. not. Um, <laughs> well, you are the first one on this podcast. <laughs> I know that is that is very true. Mission accomplished. Exactly. Because Billy Batson in that was more of like a brat. He was, you know, he was a thief. He was, you know, he pickpocketed, and he had. They had the whole thing with him, like in the movie, with the group home and everything, and they took that right from and all uh, Freddie and Mary and everybody living in the group home with him. And because in the, you know, in the Silver Age, Mary was his sister. And, you know, it was because of an, a battle between Captain Marvel and Captain Nazi that Freddie Freeman became crippled. And as a way of, you know, paying him back for it, um, you know, he made him Captain Marvel Jr., gave him the powers. And so, you know, that was all tied together and there was a Marvel family, but it was a different Marvel family that we saw in the movie. Okay. So we've all got like, like mm. various history uh, with uh, the character. So, um, so I'm eager to hear overview, just an overview, uh, like a real brief overview of what you thought of the movie coming out of uh, Shazam. Um, and we'll start with you, Deb. Wow. Okay. So this is going to be fun because based on what you just said, how we all have our different perspectives and are coming from this from different places, it's going to be really fun to see where we all end up. So my first impression, and forgive me for being the party pooper in some ways, I don't think this is a bad movie. I certainly had fun at moments, but it was not, it wasn't the Shazam movie that I, that I was looking to see. It certain more things than that than not didn't it work for me, and I would say one of the main things was uh, uh, about that was the fun aspects of it sometimes went a little too far into goofy, where the character became too much of a doofus for me, and I also was was looking for a little bit more. And there's no better way to put it. I, I, I don't like to invoke the Spielberg name and everything, but <laughs> uh, there was a little bit more of that Spielbergian-esque magic because there's a lot of 80s kind of 80s kid movie callbacks that I think this movie kind of has in a lot of tone, tonal ways. And But I never had that moment of true just like whimsical magic of wowness that I, was, that I got from the comics that I was looking for from the film. 
So initial impressions are that. It's not that it's bad, not that you can't enjoy this movie. I would compare it to like a Batman Forever, where it's a version of Batman that some people like, but it's not the version of Batman that all of us maybe come together and agree on. And that's kind of where it is for me. I just realized just now that you and I have very different opinions of Batman Forever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Forever now, not Batman and Robin, forever. (laughs) So, uh, but uh, no, I, I, that's a a good call. Um, And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, we'll say that from, uh, I agree with you in some, there's a lot of things that are, that I do have, I don't want to say problems with, but there's a lot of things in this movie that I'm like, Ooh, that was not a great decision, but, um, but over, so I can definitely see where I could even see where someone could go in and hate this movie. Um, but, um, because they're like, it's just a matter, it's just a matter of what, is important to you, right? Like where your priorities are, yeah. because certainly there are some issues with this movie, but overall I, I had a very positive, uh, um, uh, and it did bring back, like there was a lot of moments in here where I was like, that's my Shazam. That's, that's hmm. Shazam for me. Um, so that's, I'm really curious to hear more about some of those moments from, uh, from you as well as other people. So, um, Ashley, what about you? You, I think we already we know that you loved it. So yes. uh, at least some ways, yes. Yeah, I think it's interesting coming in cold. I didn't kind of from a general audience perspective. I kind of see this definitely as a crowd pleaser type movie. It has um, some fun moments, some laughs, kind of some nice family thing themes. In a way, it kind of felt more like a family film that just happens to be about superheroes, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. It felt like a little bit of a throwback movie in some ways, like a little bit more like in tone of some of the early superhero films that we saw. So I really enjoyed it. Um, In terms of like favorite superhero films, it's definitely not going to top that list, but it was definitely better than I was expecting or anticipating. And I, had a good time. I needed something that was a little bit light and fun. And for me, it definitely delivered from that perspective. Awesome. Awesome. Kevin, what about you? You know, overall, I I really loved it. I I really enjoyed this movie. I've got maybe three semi nitpicky uh, issues with a couple, a couple of different scenes throughout, but uh, overall I thought it was terrific. And yeah, there, there were some goofy elements, but, not so much that I couldn't deal with it. And and I think it was yeah. just so fun overall. And I think DC really owes us a fun movie. We, I mean, we got it with Aquaman, but I think even <laughs> more so with this, DC still owes us a lot of fun after what they put us through. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. You know the one that's the uh, with the podcast. <laughs> the, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, true. There's some goofy moments in this, but you know, for uh, for them to depict a character that a lot of us know as you know, nickname uh, the the big red cheese, you mm-hmm. expect goofiness, right? You expect mm-hmm. that element. And when the movie poster shows a hero like on his phone blowing a big old bubble. Like you expect this is going to be kind of like goofy. It's it's in in some ways it it like and I think to Ashley's point earlier, the trailers made it out like this was almost going to be like a, almost a satire, almost kind of like a, yeah. a comedy, a straight out comedy. But I was pleased to see that it yeah there are comedic elements to it, 
but it's actually got a lot of heart and a lot of dra- drama. Um, maybe a little bit too much in places, but um, yeah. that's one of my nitpicks that we'll probably talk about later. But Mike, what about you? Because I noticed that you said that you, this now you probably were worried since the the this. You oh, said I was completely the trailer. Worried. It, this was this was going to be a new fifty two. Shazam, which you already stated that that's not your favorite interpretation. So overall, what did you think of the movie? Overall, I've already ordered this movie (laughs) on on 4K. So if that says anything, I've already seen it twice. Whoa. Okay. I did not know that. And I'm already hoping to go see it sometime this week. So you basically you hated it. I hated the movie. It left vile taste in my mouth. <laughs> I just want to make it clear. There, it was awesome. It it was what I've been hoping for a DC movie for years. And I'll go out on a limb and say this is probably my favorite DC movie ever. Whoa. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. I mean, yeah. No. I'm gonna, no, no, I'm gonna I'm, keep. I'm, let me keep going. Let no, no. Okay. I'm just, I got, I just I got more to, to say. I got. I, more know, I, I know you do. I know oh, you do. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to direct you because we're we're actually that's going to lead us into the next group discussion, and you can start by naming like your like your favorite moments from the movie. Oh, the movie, the scene, the whole scene at the convenience store. Awesome. You know, hey, it might be the uniform that's bulletproof. Shoot him in the face. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and i just that was awesome here here take the gun see what if it works see if it works it was like it's a little kid trying to figure out what his powers are and it was awesome and i love even you know and how when they went out with the six pack of beer and they took both of both you know i loved it and when freddie and you know captain marvel whatever you want to call him Captain Sparkles, you know, all the different names they gave him, took the swig of beer and they both spit it out. Oh, this is awful. This is like barf, you know. And it was just like, because I remember <laughs> at that age, my dad said, hey, you want to try a beer? Here, have one. And he gave me one and I almost wanted to throw up. It turned me green. Can't say mm-hmm. that now. Sad enough. But anyway. <laughs> but it, you were it, that phase. What, yeah, What's exactly. important is that you kept trying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn straight. And I will get it right someday. So, but yeah, no, there, I loved the scenes. I loved, you know, at the very beginning where uh, Savannah went into, was taken as a kid and the, the wizard was trying to find the, you know, all the different uh, champions and each time the child failed. And I loved that. I thought it was awesome. The introduction of the you know of the seven sins i loved you know seeing mr mind in the very first time he went to you know the rock and i loved you know everything um i had some weak points with it i will say we'll talk it. about those we'll talk about those in a minute yeah in a few but we're gonna, we're um, gonna focus on good things right now oh yeah but i loved you know the a happy place right now I love the <laughs> I love the introduction of the Marvel family. I loved how they did that. I you know, I just thought it was a lot of fun and I loved how he was learning and becoming a champion throughout this movie. And that's what was the best part about it. He had the wisdom of Solomon. You know, it was it finally caught up with him and he started, you know, using his wits and figuring out, hey, you know, this guy has these powers, but we can beat them. And they figured out how to do it. 
it was pretty awesome. All right, Kevin, what about you? Yeah, uh, so many little moments that, yeah, especially for for people that you know go back knowing the character of it. And as Mike said, yeah, Mister Mind, seeing Mister Mind right at the beginning, my, my head exploded. I had no idea that we were going to see Mister Mind, and apparently we're going to get <laughs> yeah. a lot more Mister Mind next time. So that that's just amazing. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to go anywhere near. You know, there's Goofy, and then there's Alien Genius Worm Goofy, and I, <laughs> the uh, seeing seeing Mister Mind in the beginning is like. It's like, oh, that's a cool Easter egg. And then seeing him at the end, I'm like, okay, I got chills. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Like, I never the, thought I'd. The, uh, the the tiger, the toy tiger at, at the carnival. Oh, thing. a lot of tiger references. Yes. Oh. Such a nice little I'm... touch for old fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we didn't see a CGI Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. For for people who don't know the old comics and Ashley and anyone else, I don't know if you know, but there there, there is a character in the old Shazam stories who is a talking, intelligent tiger. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope they get around to introducing the actual. You got to be there. You got to be there. You, suppose, you have to be there to experience it. <laughs> but yeah, there's somebody just the nice little touches here and there. And just one of my favorite, it's like just a little one second thing, but I love when, when the, when Billy rides the subway car into the rock of eternity and he's looking out and he kind of ducks back in and checks the subway map for a second. Like what, where am I? What stop is this? <laughs> I thought that was such a nice little touch. Um, Ashley. Well, you, you all have mentioned some of them that also I really enjoyed. I, I liked when they went into the convenience store and the second they came out with the beer, I knew exactly what was going to happen, but I still laughed anyway. That was a really funny moment. Um, I really liked seeing the foster family, just the diversity of that family and their love for each other. Like that felt really genuine and warm and kind of helped give the movie its heart. And another thing I, um, really liked uh, delving pretty far into spoiler territory here is the twist at the end where all the kids got Shazam powers. Um, I assume that's something from the comics, but I had no idea that was going to happen. And, 252. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. Like right before they all kind of grabbed the staff, I was like, oh my gosh, are they all going to grab the staff and they're all going to be heroes <laughs> now? I got, I got really excited. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> Say my name. That was not fun not knowing that was coming and then just figuring it out like a couple seconds before, like, oh, this is going to be so fun. And then just watching them like come to rely on each other as a family and then all get to be superheroes. That was super fun. So I really enjoyed that twist. Dev, what about you? You know, um, I like being that guy at the party when everyone is having fun and I'm that guy in the corner with the drink, just with the scowl on his face. <laughs> I'm sorry to be that guy. I, I, I mean, there I, there's no scowl. Though. There's no scowl. No <laughs> advice for you. No more. No advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me try to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, no, this is a great question because I think for me, this question helped me to kind of really hone in on some of this what the issues I had with the film were because some of those moments you guys were mentioning, I'm right there with you. And those are the moments that I wanted to hit me as it's hitting you guys. Those were the moments that I was waiting for. I think the moment that comes closest is when they're in the park and there's the guy harassing the woman and, and he goes to them, but he doesn't realize that he has super speed and he, or he pushes the guy, but doesn't realize he has super strength. And the guy goes flying across the park. Like it's those moments that kind that are the, the, the moments that I wanted us to really live in of just what is it to be this kid and realize I can do all of these things. And so though I, I, 
And so there wasn't enough of those for me to see, but if I've got to pick one that was a favorite, those moments of discovery, yes, the aspect of the convenience store, like after they come out at, uh, at the end, even though I didn't like the fact that he just let the guys that shot him in the face just run off. Uh, I didn't like that, but the, but the but the energy of that scene, just like the, the, the innocence of, the, of, of that scene is really worked for me. So yeah, so I'll say those moments where we really connect with that, of the kid in the hero's body, were the were the, the ones that I can point to. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that too because I'm going to say that I think for me, uh, one of my favorite scenes is uh, where Billy is um, after he zaps the bus, mm-hmm. um, and then he has mm-hmm. to figure out a way to save the bus mm-hmm. and the people on it. And we go through like he honestly doesn't know what to do here. Yeah. And it's it's a struggle that we very rarely see with superhero movies. Like they just do it. Like even yes. in the young or like even with the origin stories, they just like, okay, I can just I can just, you know, they just do something. Whereas he is literally just standing there going, What do I do? <laughs> like, like like this is happening right in front of me. I have these powers, but I have no idea how to apply them in this case. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. And basically, he just lets the bus fall on him. Um, so, I mean, he doesn't really do a lot, but he does manage to, you know, at least uh, help out. And then um, I'm also going to say that uh, Mark Strong is amazing as uh, Savannah. Um, and uh, I knew, and I know we're, yeah, we are, I know we've already announced that we're going to uh, talk spoilers. So uh, I knew that the movie worked for me when at the very end of the movie proper before the credits and everything, when uh, Billy says, I brought a friend and you just see like Superman and you see Superman and Shazam next to each other. I, 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 I geeked out my head about exploding. <laughs> I was like, I never thought that I would see this. I, I, I'm like, ah, that really, to me, that made that was a geek out moment for me that gave me chills. So yes. I knew the movie must have worked, or else that scene doesn't work. I fully expected to see a mustache. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the greatest Get thing the in mustache, cinema history. <laughs> Get the all right, so all right, so now we're gonna get into some uh, eh, some nitpicks, some negative territory. And Dav, I know you're gonna run away with this. So, um, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna start by saying. To me, and there's, like I said, a lot of uh, issues I have here and there, but to me, the biggest issue with this movie, and it's annoyance with me, is that they can't, like, the the whole legality of calling him Shazam as opposed to Captain Marvel should have been, like, resolved decades ago. And yet this movie cannot figure out a way to name him or his fellow superhero family. Like, like in the mm. credits, it literally lists, like, superhero Eugene, superhero, <laughs> like, and I'm like, really? Like, and, and all this time, they're trying, like, it becomes a joke, like, we can't come up with a name for him, and, of course, he can't say his name to people, he can't tell people, like, call me Shazam, because if he says that, he'll turn into, like, Billy, or whatever, and... So I'm like, really? Like, you can get around this pretty easily. Um, it, it's the funniest, like, it's actually the funniest joke in the movie when they all say Billy um, for his name. Uh, but after that, I'm kind of like, okay, the joke's over. 
Like we need names for you guys. And, and they're going into, you know, that by the end of the movie, you still don't know what to call him or the other heroes in his family. And I just think, I'm like, really, this should be something that was resolved like decades ago. No, agreed. I totally agree with that. Like they could be called the Shazam family. Um, you can think of names for them. I, I just, um, I just found that annoying. So that that was that was that was to me like because you know Sparkle Fingers, like you know it gets that that joke gets old, right? So, um, so yeah, that that was it for me. Um, Ashley, what about you? I did not have a, a lot of complaints overall. It was a a fun movie for me. Something that I would have liked to see just a little bit more of. I really loved Mark Strong as the villain. I'm a huge fan of his, and I thought he did a great job. I also liked that they took the time to go back and introduce him as a child to make him a little bit more of a sympathetic, sympathetic character. I think there is just a little bit more that they could have done to kind of carry on that sympathy and the question of whether was he always meant to be a bad guy or should he been have been given more of a chance by the original wizard that um, brought him to this cave and that kind of set him on that path. So I would have liked to see digging into that a little bit more kind of about why he became a villain and like the terrible treatment he received from his family. So I thought the movie would have been a little bit stronger if they delved into some nuance there, but still I think uh, Mark Strong did a great job with um, what he was given. And again, that could be more of a personal taste thing too, and different from what they have in the original comics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know how he is now in the new, in the new comics, but I mean, he's very different in the uh, original, uh, um, the in, original incarnation of Savannah is very different, but um oh. Uh, but Mark Strong is awesome, and I, he plays a bad guy so well, and he works at it. I mean, you can tell he puts in the work because it's oh, not yeah. just phoning it in. Um, he's so strong. I think the biggest regret that I have of the whole Green Lantern fiasco uh, is that he didn't get to play really Sinestro. Like that would would have been ideal for me. But having him as Savannah is a is a is a good second choice for me. Hmm. Yes. Um, so, uh, Kevin, what about you? Any, um, any, uh, large nitpicks? Yeah. Yeah. I got, well, I have three, two of them are connected, but, but, uh, just knock out the simple one first. And that's the two bullies at the high, at the school, those kids that are, you know, bullying them with the truck and they're up in the, up in the Ferris wheel, those sure. kids. I mean, there's, there are like, Hey kid, give me your lunch money bullies. These guys, when we first meet them, drive a truck into Thank you. Child on a handicap kid. Let's pick. I guess. I mean, I mean, they specifically hit him. They drive into him, intentionally hit him, get out of the truck, and start beating him up. And I, I, (laughs) that seemed that seemed a bit much. In in this day and age, they'd be arrested. There were they there were three witnesses. The whole school watched it happen. (laughs) So that that seemed a little a bit ridiculous as school bullies go. I think they they might have dialed that down a bit um when we see billy to to move on um uh when billy tricks the police into coming into the pawn shop locks them inside jumps into their car to access the computer that's his plan to find his mother that that just seemed like (laughs) a pretty insane scheme in order to access some information as opposed hey, to saying he wanted really wanted a cheesesteak. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was the real I mean, 
yeah. Philly, and it's in Philly, so you know those cheesesteaks are worth it. Oh, Gino's? Oh, majorly, yes. There are computers at the library, you know. There's there's other ways you can gather information that don't involve locking police inside a pawn shop and stealing a... Facebook exists. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and then the the kids at the foster home actually went ahead and did that. They they got on the computer and found all the information that he possibly could have wanted. Now, the big thing, though, Billy's biological mother. Oh, yeah. What's up with her? Because the explanation for what happened, I could not process. That was so bizarre. And I was trying to imagine the worst mother in the world would not behave in that manner in that scenario. You know, when she was actually running around concerned, looking through, through the crowd, where is he, where is he? And then finally gets right up to standing 15 feet away, looking at the police with her son. And then, nah, I'm just going to go away and go into hiding for the rest of my life. What? Hmm. That that just did not ring true as something that any human being would actually do. Yeah, yeah that was one of the weak points. Mm-hmm. I almost, well, that whole scene was awkward because she was obviously in an abusive relationship, and Billy's like, "Yeah, see ya, thanks." Like, I mean, he just leaves 100%. her in the set. Well, mm-hmm. um, now there might be more to this as if you know there's sequels and all that kind of stuff, but to as you know, it just it seems like a very. Uh, it's just a very awkward scene. Yeah, it was very strange. Obviously, we were waiting for some sort of explanation. What happened with the mother? But what we got was just absolutely bizarre and in a way that I thought really didn't make any sense. And it was certainly just a cruelly, strangely dark moment in the middle of this largely fun movie. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That really kind of stuck out for me as something that didn't quite work. Largely fun movie where where villains are tossing people out of uh, skyscraper <laughs> windows left and right. right. And, and oh yeah, there, there were other dark moments. I grant you. Yeah, yeah. There, there was <laughs> one of those seven deadly sins uh, got to eat Lionel Luther, <laughs> right? Who hadn't aged a day since his accident. Um, <laughs> very strange. Uh, Lover now has done like, three three live action characters for DC, right? Because with, with Lionel Luther and also uh, Jason Woodrue back in one of the Batman movies with Poison Ivy. Yeah, and I think yep. he's also done a voice as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, he voiced yeah. he voiced uh, Riddler in uh, a couple of cartoons. Yep. So, um, and then uh, also on that note, uh, is it uh, Jimon? Is that, am I pronouncing that right? And Jimon, Jimon Hunter. Jimon Hunter, right? He's like, I mean, he's he's got on some kind of record for playing like in superhero movies as well now. So uh, he was just yeah. in Aquaman. So even in mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, yeah. Movie, uh, <laughs> already like uh, got two roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Make those Mike, checks, Jimon. Uh, exactly. Um, Mike, uh, what about you? What about, uh, some, uh, some, uh, not so good things. Not so good things. Um, mentioned earlier about, you know, Mark Strong was awesome as Savannah. I thought he was great. And that's right out of the new 52. It's like, it almost looked like when they drew him for the comics, they had Mark Strong in mind. Interesting. I did not know that. So, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, no, literally, including all the way down to the eye thing that they did. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting that they went that direction and he played it to the T. I thought he was a great villain and such. But, you know, I would have, my Savannah is a short little guy in a white trench coat yeah. with really big, thick glasses and big teeth. And, you know, 
you know, always conniving and everything, the mad scientist. That's yeah, it, was my a, it was Center. goofy Lex Luthor. It was just yeah, a, exactly. a little mad scientist. Exactly. And he had, you know, uh, his daughter and his son yes. you know, with, you know, <laughs> so they had the Marvel family and they had the Savannah versus the Savannah family. So yep. it was, it was always great with that. Um, I thought, you know, for something that was supposed to be a little more lighthearted and everything, I thought the seven deadly sins, especially that scene in the boardroom, I thought that was really dark, really, really dark that I could almost see in man of steel or something, you know, you know, so I would have definitely, you know, I definitely could have seen something. Snyder's shadow continues to loom large. (laughs) We can't get rid of that guy. Um, there weren't very many down parts for me. You know, the bullies were stupid and I didn't think they needed to be in there. And yeah, I could understand Billy needed to get on the subway running from something, but I don't, you know, I didn't think, you know, they were really necessary and they kept on popping up and everything. And then, you know, the box wedgie and everything, it was just like "Hmm." with Freddie, I just, it, it didn't need to be there. Otherwise, I thought everything else pretty much was pretty awesome. You know, I I liked it. I really enjoyed this, you know. And all right, let me ask you this, though. Is this a Christmas movie as much as Die Hard is? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I actually thought watching the movie, I thought, okay, all those annoying Die Hard people, now they have another movie that they can whine about yeah. how it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> And I'll never look at Santa the same way after. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. not a big fan of uh, the, the Santa use on this, um, really. I thought it was just a joke that another joke that kind of got old and, and didn't work, especially at the end where he's, you know, throwing F-bombs left and right. Even though they <laughs> them, still like, I just, I just, yeah, I wasn't feeling that. But Oh, uh, but I loved it, you know, when Dee Dee rescued uh, Santa Claus and she came up to him, you know, tried to be all prim and proper. Hi, Santa. My name's Dee Dee. I've been really good this year. <laughs> you have to think about it. She's a little kid still and she yep, believes yep. that's yep. Santa. And it was awesome. Uh, I'm going to give the floor to Dav now uh, to talk about some of the things that he didn't like, mostly that we didn't mention, but like some of the major problems. Uh, so uh, without further ado, Dav? No, that's actually, because this panel tonight is so brilliant, a lot of the things that I had some of the biggest problems with have been stated by Kevin and uh, Mike uh, in regards to the bullies and in regards to the mom scene. Uh, I think one thing I'll add about the mom scene for me especially, too, was that uh, it, it, it further brought out some inconsistencies in who the character of Billy is, because... For a kid who's been struggling with just finding his family for the past 10 years of his life, it seems like he was he was really well adjusted in that scene to deal with this earth shattering reveal that his mother never wanted him. You know, I mean, and you touched on that, Mike, when you said how he just walks away and just goes, oh, okay," But it's just that was really weird for me to not have that be his Uncle Ben moment where maybe he loses himself for a second and then maybe that the moment that helps with the transition of having him accept that I have to do more with these gifts that I now have because I don't want something the name Martha you know (laughs) (laughs) wow 
We can't Why did you say that talk name? about a DC movie. Thanks, <laughs> Snyder. We can't talk about a DC movie with that name coming up. The ghost um, of Snyder lives on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that would have been awkward if her name was... Oh, yeah. um, but yes, and so you know, and just so the tone we talked, you know, we've talked about just you know, yes, I like a good clap movie that's going to have a mix of some scary elements to it. If you look at all of the classic films that we grew up and love, they all are going to have some elements of that are fearful in them because that's part of just the emotional roller coaster that those that those films take you on. But the, but it was so striking here because the juxtaposition between the goofiness and then the horror was so was so grand I mean it was like a complete 180 that I I was afraid for the kids in the audience because I'm just well what are they thinking we just saw someone get decapitated we just saw a head get eaten off <laughs> yeah, but there, was, but there was there was no blood so I, I think, you know in that respect it's kind of similar to I don't know it's similar look I, I think um somebody was it Ashley did you point out that it was like it's sort of like an 80s movie or it's got an old school feel to yeah, it yeah it did almost kind of feel like a throwback even some of like those early 2000s superhero movies kind of yeah I, I think so as well like I felt that too that there's this sort of like Goonies feel to it uh, Very much. Yeah. like a like a, a like a Zemeckis feel to it like maybe mm. not as skilled as Zemeckis would have been but I mean, people forget. Like, I mean, Back to the Future is a great movie, but there's like hints of incest and rape. Yes. In this movie. There's a rape scene in the movie. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then and the second one gets really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I I feel that, um, and I felt that a little bit here too. But it didn't it didn't bother me so much. Uh, that wasn't what bothered me. It was more like the just the weird sort of um, like I said, the thing with the name. Uh, I did wonder, you know, like, are, are they going to mention where the name comes from? Like, it, t- it seemed to take them forever to kind of like these are these are what the the name stands for, and then like it would have been kind of cool throughout like the, the trials to see him use to see him like use those each one of those powers, like yes. to, to to because yeah. when at the like he suddenly understands Savannah. Like he suddenly gets it and what, and how to, and how to defeat him. And you, and I, at first I was like, well, where did that come from? And I was like, oh, well, he does have the, this, you know, the intelligence of Solomon or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but it would have been nice if they got actually kind of more tied that in. And I didn't have to, you know, make that connection for them. And, and that's a good thing to piggyback on. Cause for me, I would say that's a major thing. Having the respect for this character that I have, I've often had to see this character be disrespected in many forms. I've never liked how he was killed. Spoiler alert in the injustice game. Uh, because I just thought, well, he's more powerful. I mean, wouldn't that be more of a matchup than something that would happen that simple? But so wow. I've always kind of no idea how that happened, by the way. So now I'm intrigued by that, but go ahead. <laughs> yes. But I've always had a, like an issue with like, how the powers of the character are kind of not taken seriously. Because if you're talking about someone with the power of six gods, it would have been fun to see that be played with. And and, and to your point about the wisdom of Solomon, I was also questioning, well, what about the courage of Achilles? I mean, there are several moments in this scene where Billy is clearly scared and running for his life. I'm like, when does the courage of Achilles kick in here? Yeah. Uh, so it's like element. things like that of just the inconsistency of representing the things that he can actually do. Like, what are the things that truly make this guy special? To my, my final point on that, it, it, on this is like to your point earlier about when Superman shows up in the end, 
if Superman exists in this world, what is the, the thing that Shazam has that makes him stand out differently? Because if these are two people that are equal and, and pretty much almost all ways, what is the thing that Shazam has that separates him? And that's the thing that I wanted to see more of. Interesting. Interesting. Kevin, I'm sorry. You were going to say something? Uh, I, yeah, j- just, just, uh, based on what, what Dad was saying in, and, and you also is, yeah, when it comes to the, this interpretation of Shazam, Captain Marvel has, it's not always been the mind of Billy Batson is now in the mind of Shazam. And that's kind of the take that we've gotten now is it's that little kid's same mind and personality where there've been previous versions where it is, they were more separate. He turned into Captain Marvel and be mm-hmm. an adult guy with an adult brain. And yeah, I think, and I think either version works and they have, has its own strengths. But when you have suddenly it's this little kid in the big adult body, the, the courage and certainly the wisdom of Solomon tend to sit on the back burner. I think when they're writing what the character is going to do, they tend to conveniently forget those aspects of, uh, of the hero. Agreed. So um, we're getting towards the end uh, of our, our review here. So I want to uh, ask you all um, in, in you know, since with this movie, uh, this is the, uh, I believe, um, uh, there's only one other movie in the DCEU that's, uh, that's actually in production, I believe. Is that true? No, no. I'm not sorry. Two. There's uh, Wonder Woman and then there's the, uh, Suicide Squad sequel. Uh-huh. So those are part of the DCEU. Um, based on this movie, do you want to see another Shazam? Do you want the DCEU to, is it, is it sort of like, like, is the, is the train being like righted, like the path of the train being righted um, is, with this movie? Um, it does, is there hope for the, is there hope for the DCEU? Um, Ashley, <laughs> let's start with you on this one. Oh, well, sure. Um, I think, yes, I think the ship is being righted as it were. Um, for me, the low point was actually Suicide Squad and Justice League. Um, I did not enjoy those two films. I've only seen them once and had no desire to go back and see them again. And um, like walking out of the theater for Justice League, I remember just feeling sad because um, for whatever reason, it just didn't work for me. And I know that it did work for other people. And that's totally cool. But it just didn't. Um, it wasn't what I wanted to see and then to see it kind of not get a lot of critical praise and to underperform at the box office was really sad. So I was very encouraged to see the response to Aquaman, you know, people rallied around that character and it just did gangbusters at the box office. And then to see so much critical praise for Shazam. So it's just really exciting because I think these, these are great characters and they deserve to have the same platform platform as the marvel cinematic universe so it's good to see them kind of now rising up see some strong movies and to also kind of see them find their own tone and voice you know they don't have to be just like the mcu now that's great what they do is wonderful but dc doesn't just have to copy that and when i see films like wonder woman aquaman and shazam i see them kind of finding their own tone their own feel so I'm I'm definitely excited. I'm I'm more excited looking forward to films. I would see another Shazam. Of course, I'm super excited for Wonder Woman. I watch another Aquaman. So I think that it's finally at a good place and I'm looking looking forward to the future. Awesome. Awesome. Kevin, what about you? Yeah, I agree with Ashley in that yeah, that the, the ship has certainly 
is being righted compared to where we started. And uh, that this was, I mean, maybe Wonder Woman's the best. And then I'd put Shazam just below Wonder Woman and followed by Aquaman. And then there's a, then we drop over a cliff at that point and the rest of them are <laughs> way down there somewhere. But yeah, um, I I sure enjoy seeing another Shazam movie. I I don't know that they need to rush to do that uh, as opposed to maybe exploring some other things. I'd be happy to go see it. I'm a little concerned about what they're going to do in the next Shazam movie in that the the cliche with these superhero movies is you go to the sequel and suddenly there's too many villains, right? And then next time it looks like we'd certainly have Savannah and Mr. Mind next time. And at the same time, how long can you avoid Black Adam? Right. Well, and the fact that, and I think that, you know, the fact that Dwayne Johnson, who is definitely interested in being Black Adam. Uh, oh, yeah. For like a produ- decade produced- now that I'm talking yeah. about that. <laughs> well, he he co-produced this movie um, yes. with the intent, I think, to at some point in this franchise appear as Black Adam. So Yeah. And there's even been talk of a Black Adam movie separate from right. the Shazam. Now, again, yeah, for every movie they make, they announce like a dozen other movies that never I seem know, to happen. Exactly. <laughs> but that is a concern, though, is that I, I don't know that I'd want to see them attempt to triple down on the villains for the second Shazam movie. And oh, you just want Minerva. And, Mind and Black Adam. But, and, mm. and Minerva. You want Minerva. And Minerva. Yeah, throw in Minerva, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also, you also had the Alligator Men, too. If you saw them. I'm sure you know. it is. Because you saw, because they're the monster society of evil. Well, yeah, so that's what I was about to say. The monster society of evil would be like that is my favorite incarnation of Shazam. Uh, as far as uh, that, that that book by Jeff Smith is one of my favorite. Like, yeah, that's my favorite Shazam thing. So I would love to see some sort of take on that. Um, but Mike, what about you? What does this uh, this give you hope for DC movies? And I, I think I know your answer to this. But will you see a sequel to Shazam? Nah, don't want to see it. No. <laughs> One and done. Stop, um, stop while they're ahead, right? Yeah, exactly. They, they, this is perfection. You know, I don't think it, they can do it. can only go downhill from here. Um, all right. Honestly, uh, loved it. It was, you know, I definitely would love to see a sequel. They've already said the writer for this has already started working on the sequel. And, you know, so it, they're moving forward with it. But from like what you had mentioned earlier, they want to do the Black Adam movie before they come out with the sequel. And so it's still in the works and they're just waiting for Dwayne Johnson to free up his schedule, you know, filming Jumanji movies, Fast and Furious movies, <laughs> you know, all these other movies that he's, he's doing, Rampage guy. movies, you know, he's a busy guy. And, you know, but he definitely wants, you know, he's definitely connected to the Black Adam role, and I think it would be a perfect fit. I was going to say, yeah. do you think, uh, you know, I mean, you know Dwayne uh, as the rock and everything like that. Uh, oh, I smell think, him all the time. It's okay. Do you think, do you <laughs> well, think he's like the Black Adam? Oh, I can't see anyone. The same way I saw it, can't see anyone but Mark Strong being Savannah, especially for the New 52 version. I can't see anyone being Black Adam but the rock. Is is Zachary Levi now your Shazam? Oh God, yes. Okay. You know, before it was Fred McMurray, truthfully, because that's who they based. Ah, that's right. That, that's who they based <laughs> off of originally. So <laughs> you wanted a CGI, my three sons era, Fred McMurray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, right? 
that wow. that was and so yeah so and i would love to see the monster society of evil because they even showed the crocodile men yeah. um in the door playing yeah, that, poker and that, that was, was cool that oh, was yeah. that's right from them so that, that gave me chills actually i was like yeah Ooh. Like, yeah that's cool. that's and, it, and it and it was like judy whispered to me is that like monsters inc or something <laughs> yeah kind of like, like yeah maybe but yeah so the and i just i thought it was awesome and the superman part and you know yeah i definitely think there's a bright future for this character and you know for those who don't know zachary levi is going to be at dragon con this year nice. and, and and so as is, is the asher answer. yeah so is asher you. exactly so uh, by the way, um, on, a, on a really brief transit, because I don't want to make it, this could be a whole thing, but like, when did child actors get good? Like, they used, <laughs> they used to be really annoying. But like, I'm watching this and like, there's none of the kids annoy me. Like, I, Stranger Things, all the kids are cool on that. Like, I'm like, yeah, we, yeah. when did child actors get good? Not since yeah. Adam Rich. <laughs> no mike it just shows that you know all of them are child actors to us so it's okay oh. <laughs> and right. that's the truth all right so uh dev um so what about you is this is this enough for you or are you like you know what burn the franchise just start over <laughs> <laughs> no 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 you can put down the molotov cocktail we don't need to burn it down it's okay no 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 uh, yeah so i don't have to hit the disconnect button <laughs> Where are you at with DCEU? Uh, the, the biggest truth that I have right now is that whenever I see a movie be announced by the DCEU, I don't cringe. Uh, oh. there, there, is a, there is a good, <laughs> there is a hopefulness. Like, yes, they can actually do this now. Uh, I'm excited about Wonder Woman 84. The Joker movie looks insanely good. Uh, I mean, there's talk of a, uh, of a Zatanna film, possibly, which would just blow my mind, or a Blue Beetle. So, yes, I think the ship has been righted for now. Uh, let's just hope they stay on the same path and don't get too far, don't get too far ahead of themselves because success can sometimes be your greatest enemy. So, but for right now in this moment, I love what they're doing. Uh, I'm on board and I'm interested to see what they do next. Awesome. Awesome. Well, very cool. Thanks so much, everybody, for uh, joining us for this uh, review. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back with the ESO Network Con Report. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Shazam. So, going into this movie, I wasn't holding it incredibly high on cinematic masterpieces I was going to go see. I knew it would be funny, and I wasn't expecting it to be, like, the next cinematic masterpiece, as I just said earlier. However, I will say I was pleasantly surprised that this movie was not just very fun, but also had a great flowing story, and the actors did a fantastic job, especially the kid actors. They rocked it out of the park. So, if you have reservations about going to see Shazam, just go. It's a good laugh, it's very enjoyable, and it's DC making fun of itself. They made a lighthearted film and also throw jabs at their darker films, which works really, really well with this one, and it comes across wonderfully. 
So, for those of you who don't know what Shazam is, it's the story of Billy Batson, a 14-year-old foster child who's been looking for his mother ever since the day he lost her. He comes across an old wizard that gives him the power of Shazam to save the world from the seven deadly sins, which have been released into the world by Dr. Savannah. Billy and his foster brothers and sisters have to band together to help save the world and help Billy learn how to use these new powers that he has. And it's really, really fun, and you should go see it. I also love that this movie sets up for a sequel with another great Shazam villain at the end. And also that after credits scene is pretty funny, too. Well... Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. For the week of April 10th, it's the ESO Network Con Report. Well, we've got two events coming up. Uh, one is actually this weekend uh, where you can find ESO Network folks. And the one that's this weekend, well, in the ESO family, we couldn't be more proud. Um, having an official entry in the Chattanooga Film Festival is uh, Joe from Watch Lawn of Rassilon. Uh Joe has a film uh, called My Two Clones that is actually uh, in the, included in the festival. So uh, way to go, Joe. That's awesome. And uh, I believe he, and it, just as he's going to be there, so I don't know if, uh, if actually uh, Tony's going to be there as well, but uh, really excited for him to, uh, and uh, I think you can find out more about his movie if you go to the Watchathon of Rassilon page. But also, I would recommend going to the Chat and the Chattanooga Film Festival webpage and checking out when it's going to. It's actually going to um, the the weekend. The film festival goes all weekend, but uh, his uh, showing of My Two Clones, the actually pr- premiere of it, is going to be on April fourteenth which I believe is the Sunday. So, um, so yeah, you want to find out more about that. You can just go to, like I said, Chattanooga film festival website or, uh, check out, uh, Joe, the watches on of wrestling, which I actually just joined them for an upcoming episode. They are awesome people. So, uh, whenever you like say my two clones, though, I always think of, wah, 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 yeah, wah, yeah, I think wah. that's intentional. I, I think that's intentional. I know. Um, I hope and one then, of them's named journey. That's all. That's the uh, that's the only thing we all got going on in April. Because, but then in May, right, the first weekend of May, third through the fifth, uh, is Hulanta, and uh, this is a special one uh, for unfortunate reasons because uh, we believe that this is going to be the it could be the last Hulanta. Uh, it is as right now the final, the yeah. final Hulanta. So, uh, so yeah, they've announced the the guest list is confirmed now. Uh, I think panels are starting to be confirmed. Mike, do we know uh, what how what we're doing in panels yet? I know we have two ESO-related panels. I know on Friday night at 9 p.m. we're doing Earth Station Otherworlds, and it's going to be a sing-along of your favorite TV themes. That's right, folks. We are doing a sing-along. It could be, could be Saturday morning cartoons. It could be TV show themes. It could be... 
you know, from the evening shows, maybe even throw in a movie theme or two, but we're going to be your favorite themes. So it should be a lot of fun. And then I do know on Sunday, I don't have a time yet, but we are doing Earth Station Who, and we are doing Who Was Your First Doctor? And, you know, and why did you stay with the show? So it should be a lot of fun to do, you know, that. It's always a great time to be a good discussion for Earth Station Who. It's one of our uh, favorite shows to do as uh, the ESO network. There's a lot of uh, folks uh, that are part of the network that are, are, and friends that are going to be there as well. And with this being the last one, it's, it's all going to be bittersweet, but uh, we're going to have a great time. So, um, so yeah, you can check out the links to those in the show notes. Uh, So we hope that you can check that out. And if you've got a convention or an event that you want us to help promote, please reach out to us because we love talking about conventions. Okay, so that's going to wrap up another episode of the Air Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Dav, you were a little iffy there tonight, so but we're very happy to have had you. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. It's my pleasure to be here as always. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, please uh, check out uh, check me out on uh, NPR's Barry Truths podcast. Uh, my episodes for season two are airing through the month of March and, and uh, finishing up this month. So if you have a moment, stop by and check those out. I've been giving it a listen. It's quite fun. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. And, of course, Ashley. Oh, thank you. I always love chatting movies with you guys. Yeah, you're not going to be with us for our next movie because you're going to be in a galaxy far, far away. That is true, yes. I've been in pretty much a low-key stage of panic since Saturday, trying packing, unpacking, repacking. So if, if I survive Star Wars Celebration, I'll look forward to coming back to chat in-game with you guys. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, I hope, you know, you have a great time. And as always, thank you. You have a great review of Shazam, actually, up on the website. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. We're getting to the point where there's almost a new geek movie every week coming out. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it feels like the summer kind of has already started yet. So that is awesome. And thank you for everything you do. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, just yeah, my uh, Shazam review is up on the ESO podcast website, and we'll be a couple short weeks here diving into the summer movie preview and Endgame. So stay tuned! Yay! And of course, Kevin, he came to us live from Chicken Town. I am live from Chicken Town right now, and yeah, this is uh, uh, I, I try to hold down the goofiest, silliest corner of the ESO network, and uh, that is here in Chicken Town. Uh, so, yeah, my plug would be for my co-host, Cornflake, and I uh, bring you a very silly show called The Flopcast every week here on ESO Network. And you're going to have a very special Patreon episode available exclusively up on the ESO Network Patreon. Yes, we just uh, I just just submitted a, our latest uh, bonus Patreon episode in which uh, the mayor of Chickentown and I discussed the 1984 movie Night of the Comet. Oh, I got to listen to that one. Wow. <laughs> I, I got a little concerned there when you said a very special episode. Oh, no. I was like, oh, no. he's going to be talking about Blossom. Oh, no. <laughs> Cornflake learns an important life lesson. <laughs> Are they going to?
Are they going to start like quoting Judy Blue? <laughs> I miss those so much. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, and Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. Last week we gave our preview, uh, our thoughts uh, going into WrestleMania weekend, and uh, it's just about over. Uh, there's a few things that uh, on Monday and Tuesday that happened that's going to seal the deal, but uh, what an exhaustingly cool uh, week it was, and uh, and really the pinnacle for me uh, was two of my favorite wrestlers, two of my favorite sports entertainers. Sorry, WWE. I know that they're not supposed to say wrestlers anymore. Sports entertainers. Uh, it's two of my sports entertain, my favorite sports entertainers uh, of all time. Actually, uh, uh, made history with uh, Seth Rollins winning and Becky Lynch, of course, becoming the first ever uh, um, uh, Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. It was an amazing night for both of them, and I'm so happy for them and uh, so proud. And very cool. I can't wait to see what happens next. That is awesome. It was a great, great event. And actually, that was going to be my shout-out also. But You can you know, piggyback on it. I am piggybacking. I do that quite often. You have a big <laughs> enough back for me to hop on, my friend. Oh, yes, I do. And so it's always good. It was a great time watching wrestling last night. And, man, I'm tired because that was seven hours. I won't get back for a long, long time. But it was great to watch some amazing acts and amazing forms of athleticism. And I only got two matches wrong the whole night. I should have bet. I should have definitely put something in in Vegas because I could have made a lot of money. <sighs> Instead, I'm here doing a podcast with you guys. So, <laughs> hi. How are you? So, you know, it's always great to, you know, be joining with you guys. And we will be back again next week when we are going to be looking at Hellboy. That's right. We are going to take a look at the film that's brand new reboot of the series, uh, and it's going to be actually, it looks amazing. And the previews and everything I've seen of it, David Harbour as Hellboy is just amazing. And I'm just going to be geeking out over that now. So we got movies. And then the following week is our movie, summer movie preview, even though we should have had it last week. <laughs> it feels like, because it feels like every week now there's another one. And then we got Endgame. Then we got Endgame. Yes. So. We have a lot coming your way, and you know, thank you for everyone who's been supporting us. My name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on the Earth Station One Podcast. Peace, and we're done. Yay. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. 
We want to hear from you. Please write us at EarthStation1 at ESONetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the EarthStation1 podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.